0: welcome to your untamed life the podcast bringing you stories of transformation growth fear success alignment challenges and more with the intention to inspire you and light you up to find your online path of transformation and let it unfold in front of you without letting fear hold you back i'm amanda petra your host and passionate human being without further ado let's get started hi kim welcome
1: to our show how are you Hi, I am fabulous. I am very excited and I can't wait to chat.
0: Awesome. I'm so excited you're here. This is like your millionth podcast this month though, but (laughs) I'm so grateful that you're here and you're welcome. You're happy to share what you do. Um, You're a money coach and that's just so important in in today's world. Um, You teach money mindset and so much more with your incredible like blueprint and everything. And I just want to hear like where your story started, where like what you were doing before, how you became a money coach. If you wanted to start, maybe what you do now, and then go back. It's typically how we start, and it's just like my favorite to hear everyone's story.
1: All right, we'll sit back, <laughs> grab a cuppa. Because you probably won't even need to talk in this episode because okay, I can right.
0: just go yeah. on the tangents.
1: <laughs> no, but thank you so much for letting me come on. I'm so excited, and I love already. I love our relationship already. Like we work together. Um, and we add so much value to each other's lives. And I'm just so glad that I get to come on here and be a part of this and support your new podcast because it's so exciting. It is um, crazy how many layers we have to our relationship. It's amazing. It's great. And we met at a photo shoot. Yeah,
0: that was an awesome day.
1: Yeah, that's a good day. All right. So what do I do? I'm a money coach. I help ambitious women get out of debt. stop spending more than they're earning and create their path to financial freedom so they stop feeling like they're not enough. I see too many women like you and me we've been there where we're just hitting burnout and we're just working so hard and we feel like we take one step forward, 10 steps back and we just can't get ahead financially and we never feel like we have enough and we don't realize that it's the the mindset, there's there's these blocks there, there's this self-sabotage so from my journey and everything that I've been able to overcome and then implement and you know break through all my crap. <laughs> Actually I didn't ask. Can we swear on this podcast? Yeah. Um, you know, I swear a lot. But <laughs> so yeah, from everything that I did and was able to transform within my life. And now I get to help other people do the same. Now I get to teach other women the steps, the protocols, the methods, the system. So they never have to worry about money again. Um and where this all started. So 24th of February 1991 when I was born (laughs) in this world I I truly believe like my journey did totally start from childhood in the sense of now in hindsight my childhood and my adolescence with all the stress and all the frustration and anxiety around and pain and trauma around money actually was my greatest gift because now I get to help women with theirs so I grew up I grew up at like, I was like the middle-class family. And look, in in hindsight, I actually was, look, I always had dinner on the table. I always had uh, lunch in my school bag. um I always had a roof over my head. We never had like electricity or any of that cut off. So I, I, I know a lot of people and I work with a lot of people who actually had it worse off than me, but I still feel like my childhood was, it was a real struggle. And I didn't know any better, right? I was a child. But all I remember of my childhood, especially the first eight years of my life, is my parents were together and all they did was fight about money. I never remember my parents being happy together. They divorced when I was eight. That divorce was like, if anyone's a child of divorce and like a hectic divorce, it's crazy. Um, and I was the oldest. It was me and my brother. Um, and I took on a lot without realizing and it was just so much stress around money. We never had enough money. Everything was too expensive. You could never afford it. Um, like money doesn't grow on trees. Rich people are greedy. You Have to work really hard. And it felt like my mum always, and I love my mum dearly. I uh, always complained about money. It's like the world revolved around money, but there was where, where was this money that the world revolved around? And then on my with my dad, he never really spoke about it. So. I always used to say like my mom never had any money my dad never spent it um he was very frugal very until this day very very frugal um we even though it, maybe he did have money he works hard he works he's a in the police force so he's got a you know stable government job um but whenever we bought things it was always from the secondhand shop it was always the no brand muesli bars and cereals like it was never what all the other kids had um so I honestly felt like I was this poor child that you know we never got at Christmases and whatnot we never got the brand new PlayStations. we always got the hand-me-downs from our cousins um and not to sound ungrateful we just me and my brother we just felt like there was never enough and we were never good enough to get all the other things compared to all of our friends and family and so I definitely developed beliefs around not having enough. And, you know, if I just had more money that would fix everything. So I, I always knew I wanted, when I grew up, um, I wanted to be successful uh, financially. Cause I was like, I never want to have the stress like my parents did. And if I one day want to have a family, I never want to give them the life that I had. I never want there to be any of that yucky stress. And in a sense, it is, it is a trauma around money. Um So where do do I go from here with my story? So I've started working as soon as I can. Like I hustled for money all the time. I put, we would collect, me and my brother would like do jobs around the house for extra money. We'd fill huge bin bags full of leaves and and gardening stuff for 50 cents a bag. Like we were little hustlers just trying to get pocket money and and whatnot. And the, the minute I could work, the legal age here in Perth at the time was 13 years and nine months old to the day I applied for my a job and I just applied for anything. I was like, I just want to get a paying job. And so I worked and worked and worked. And then I did the whole, had to finish high school and do at the time in Perth, it was called your TEE, tertiary entrance exam. It's called ATAR now here. I think over East in Australia, it's called your HSC, like whatever. It's all the same thing to do your exams, to get into university. And I always was, thought that like I had to go to university, I had to get a degree because it's the only way I'm going to make a lot of money. And I did that and I went and got two degrees. Um, I got a postgraduate degree and specialised and what the ironic slash funny slash I don't even know thing was is by the time I graduated with tens of thousands of dollars of debt in government, uh, in help debt, hex debt, whatever it's called now, uh, and I couldn't get a job because there was no jobs out there. There was no jobs out there um, but I just like I just was like I need to work I need to have a career I need to do all these, all these things because the only way for me to be happy is for me to make a lot of money so you can see how I was really driven and really ambitious and then I actually finished UD and I actually was presented with an opportunity to start my own online business. It was in the network marketing industry. I'd heard a little bit about network marketing. Like my mum always bought Avon. Um, I bought a little bit of Nutramedix. I didn't really like understand what it was. I just was like, oh, it's like shopping. It's like, you know, those TV show, the daytime TV that does. Yeah. Yeah, the shopping channel. And then I'm like, it's like that, but on your doorstep. I just didn't really get it. But then I got presented with an opportunity to join a company that I just really loved the products. It was all about health and wellness. And um, I saw a way. I saw a way for me to make money on the side of my hospitality work while I was finishing prac hours at for uni staff. Um, and I was teaching Pilates as well, like doing all the things. And I saw a way to become really successful. And I took it to the top. In three years, I hit the top position in the company and, um, And I was introduced to the world of personal development and working on myself and working on my mindset. And this is what I think, this is what I really love about my story and how I think a lot of women can relate to it because I went from earning $300 a week as a broke-ass uni student, living out of home, no government help, nothing. Um, Honestly, don't know how I did it, like paying rent and... Like I bought wine every week. Like I was able to go socialize. But I think back then we could go out with like $10 in our pocket and somehow survive (laughs) catching trains and I don't even get into clubs for free. Like I don't even know how we did it. And anyway, I went from that to I remember uh, three years into my business. The first year I was treating it like a hobby. Then I really took like was like, let's fucking do this. Let's make this work. Let's learn how to do Online business the correct, correct how do I say that correct way and I hit the top of the company I was earning four to five thousand dollars a month residually so that was coming in every month and in the next year it I hit it to hit seven grand a month I remember when my pay jumped literally in a month it jumped by two thousand dollars and this is residual money like I was traveling if I didn't work one month I still got paid and I remember being in this position where it, you would think like oh my gosh I finally made it I'm um, in my mid twenties. I'm living my best life. I work for myself. I have money coming in on the 10th of every month, no matter what, because i built this business. But the thing was, I was in more debt than ever. I had maxed out my credit card. I was living paycheck to paycheck. I was spending before I'd earned, like I was spending my money before the next slide had come in. I was so stressed. I just never felt like there was enough. So I got to this point and I was like, well, fuck, I've made the money. I've made some decent money. Why do I still feel this way? Why do I still have anxiety around money? Why am I still stressed? Um, my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, we would always fight about money. Like what was going on? And I also was very stuck in my ego of, I don't need help. I can do it all myself. So I never really like I was exposed to the personal development. I'd never invest in coaches um, and invest in learning systems and doing the work. I just try and do it all myself. And that was one of the things like that was the problem there is because I thought I could do it myself. I couldn't do it myself. Otherwise, I would have achieved and broken through all the bullshit and being able to work on my money stuff. Um, and then finally, I got out of my own way. I invested in the coaches. I learned the systems. I did the work. And what I did is I learned that not only did I need to work on how I manage my money, like physically handle my money, I don't like to use the term budget, but stop budgeting restrictively and actually follow a system and a set of uh, fundamentals and principles to work off. Um, So not only did I learn that I I had to go learn how to do that, but I also had to do the mindset work. I also had to work out what's blocking me. what, Why am I self-sabotaging? Why do I feel like I'm not enough? Uh, and I went to, to, and did that work and mixing, that's like the energetics, like doing the energetics and then doing the physical strategy. And it took me a solid two years of this, this work, um, going to the seminars, getting the accountability trying and, and like when you implement the system and which I now teach on how to manage your money it doesn't happen overnight like there's a teething period you've got to cr- get it working right for you and there's going to be the ups and downs and the like the bumps in the road until it all smooths out so after that two-year mark it was about two years um everything changed like life looked completely different and then I started, not only was I doing my business, um, I also moved to Canada for six months. So I didn't really work my business. I just maintained it. So I did a little bit of like life traveling and all of that. It's like life was on a bit of a, um, I wasn't in this like growth with my money and my business. I was just sorting my shit out really, just Mm -hmm. working on my shit, doing what I need to do. And then once I had these results and had this transformation, I started to, I started doing business coaching because I had a lot of women in my network saying like, Kim, you've built a really successful online business. Like, can you teach me what you do? So I started business coaching and I loved it. But all the women kept asking me, like all my clients was like, but what do you do with your money? Because, you know, I attracted clients that had problems like I did. At the end of the day, the reason they wanted to grow their business is because they wanted to grow their income and grow their wealth. And I was like, well, I'll teach you what I do and I'll teach you what I did. And these women started to get incredible results um, and started to have some of them had even more like rapid and more exponential results than I had. And I was like, this is freaking amazing. Um, and then part of my journey is then when I was doing this at the, for the next like about two years and I was sticking to the system, following the system, sticking to the new coding in my mind and um you know changing like working in my mindset being strong in my mindset around money Daniel and I were able to save just over a hundred grand in two years and also build our first home without needing to use any of that savings to put towards the house. And I share those numbers just so like transparently, not to be a someone of comparison, just like th- that's what happened. That was our result. And I was just like holy shit. Our income hadn't increased, by the way. We were still earning the same amount. We were just able to manage our money better, attract money and We attract bonuses in. We attract grants. We attract this and this. Um, and we were able to save rapidly and we are able to build a home. And then COVID happened. Um, and then what I find, this is why I love this work that I do and the, the journey that I've had because not only have I done the hustling to get to the top and earn lots of money, but never feel enough and then do all the work to with the income that I was on, be able to get epic results in the bank and with how I think and feel and behave around money, like the freedom within me around money and still earning, like the, the income was staying roughly the same. And then COVID happened. Daniel couldn't work for like three or four months because if with all the restrictions, if he didn't work, he didn't get paid. So we were down just to my income. We never had to touch our savings. We always had enough in every bank account, right? Then things got going again and whatnot. So that was what the start of 2020. Things are started to look really good. Things are happening and things were getting back on track. And then in January, 2021, Daniel's sister tragically passed away in a car accident, his younger sister, and it completely turned our life upside down. Um, Long story short, I won't go into it, but how it affected us financially is Danny didn't work for three months. He was too big. He was grieving. He couldn't even like think straight at all. And when it came to the money side of things, we still, we dropped back down to one income, still never had to touch our savings, still always had enough because we applied all the principles and the fundamentals of the blueprint and the system to manage the money. And the way we thought about money, don't get me wrong. I still got epically challenged. I had so many moments of like bringing up my anxiety. Uh, So it wasn't easy, but I had the tools and the systems to implement. And then after Daniel started to, you know, the grief started to ease and life started to get a little bit easier and he started working again. So things started to like get back to where it was. And then we got pregnant, which we planned. And then we had a baby, which was the March 2022 so literally another year later and again he daniel took maternity leave so did i but if he doesn't work he doesn't get paid and so we'll back down again to that one income and the same thing happened didn't have to touch the savings always had enough still was a, I i was still attracting growth in my business income was coming in for me to support us so and now what do we? we're literally one year on from that thank goodness Nothing tragic has happened. Uh, everything's been good. Stuff has happened this month. It looks like to you, yeah. Yeah, nothing crazy. <laughs> We've had to we lose an income, and, and things are only getting better and better. But I share this because I can rave on all about these epic results that I've had. But it's not like every single year my income's grown, things have grown, blah blah blah. It's been a huge roller coaster of up and down. But the thing that stayed stable is how I think about money, how I feel about money, and how I behave with my money. And I keep it at a stability level of my wealthier self, like how would my, well, of my wealthier self, so I become my wealthier self. (sighs) (laughs) So that's kind of my life story to the point I am to where I am today and now I help other women transform in this area as well.
0: It was beautiful, it was beautiful <laughs> story. And clearly, like, it's really all deeply rooted in, like, your whole story, like, what you're doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just no doubt about that, really. There's so much there, Tampak. I really want to know, like, maybe we can talk about when you did feel anxious, when it was really, really hard, what were kind of some of the coping mechanisms that you use or the tools that you used? They're not coping yeah.
1: mechanisms yes. Yeah, and the anxiety. Like, I've spent the majority of my life suffering with anxiety, And because I'd done a lot of work, I say, we say work, like I've invested in, I've had the coaches and the help and done the courses and the, you know. So I don't truly believe, well, I don't believe that you can completely rid the anxiety because I have, like there's some deep-seated from my childhood that some big things can trigger it now. But because I've learned how to handle it and because I now know better and I can have a high I've stepped into a higher consciousness level I know when to pull myself up and be like right Kim do you want to choose to stay here or or not so the first thing I literally do is when I can feel it because to me anxiety stress and whatnot even though we think it's in our head it's our body it's like a feeling we have we can know better and we talk about this all the time like we can know better and like I know I shouldn't feel this way but I'm feeling this way so I first thing I do is do I want to stay here because my feelings, I get to choose. Everyone gets to choose their feelings. And if you don't think you can, you then become a victim to your feelings and you're choosing to be a victim of it and letting it control you, where you get to control your feelings. So if that's the first thing I do, do I want to stay here? No. Sometimes sometimes just thinking that because I'm well practiced in it helps. But at the start, fuck no, I can think, I can say that all I wanted. The feeling is still there. Mm-hmm. So, I needed to regulate my nervous system. So I've learned a lot of different things, um, things like meditation and breath work, which a lot of people, and even I was very skeptical and at, I was like, I can't fucking meditate. <laughs> my brain goes left, like is a haywire, like it does not stop. Um, But I had to practice to get disciplined at it. And I just follow guided meditations. I actually follow guided breath work ones. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, just to regulate my nervous system and allow me to, like, just calm my body. Sorry, I just need a cough. That's good. Didn't bring the water in with me. Oh, no, that's all right. And now I'm talking lots and not breathing, talking about breath work, and I'm, like, choking on the air. Um, so I do those things. I, I would not feel like I had to do it myself I'd get a guided breath work off YouTube literally off YouTube or Spotify back then I don't think I had Spotify I wasn't like accustomed to Spotify or I didn't pay for it so there'd be ads so I just like find a YouTube um so that would help me regulate my nervous system I'd move my body I knew I had to exercise I knew that I'd learned that you know all these feelings emotions are just being stored in our body that emotion is energy in motion So if we are not allowing our emotions to be energy and motion to move through us, that's why they stick around. That's why we feel like that uh, and we feel it bubbling and bubbling and bubbling and we try and suppress it and suppress it. And we, you know, reach for the wine. Don't get me wrong. I love myself some wine. Um, But we reach for those things to try and suppress it. But what I would do is, okay, I need to move my body. I need to put this energy into motion. So you could exercise. You could dance like a crazy person. Sometimes I literally just stand up and shake like a, like I look weird. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, like, scream into a pillow if it's, like, a frustration. Um, I'll put on the music and just, like, punch the air. Like, I'll just be like, I need to move this out. So between that, calming my nervous system with, like, breath work, that helps a lot. Um, they're kind of like the easy you can go to and you can do straight away. Um, other things I do, like these rituals are more like I journal, but I don't do the Dear Diary shit. I do like, and my coaches have taught me this, and now I get to teach other women. It's actually getting, like going deeper into what's truly going on? What am I actually afraid of? What what am I, what's the story here? Is this the real truth? Do And it's usually like, well, no, you're not dying, Kim. You know, like um, what is it that we can focus on? Uh, you just there's questions I actually have journal prompts I have a little ebook that hasn't come out yet but um it's full of journal oh prompts. yeah and you get access to it inside the program exactly. anyway <laughs> and then, yeah I do those and what else do I do they're just like they're like my three go-to which are quite spiritual things but it's all about managing your energy because it's the emotion um that was what else was a question it was what do I do to in those moments um there was a lot of times where I would message my coach. Like if you have that support, if you have someone who can pull you up and like give you a different perspective, they're not going to, not someone who's just going to support and like nurture your anxiety or stress. Like it's okay. Like that's just, you don't want that. You want someone to be like, all right, like literally challenge you that it it will be uncomfortable. We're like, do you want to stay here? Is this, is this your real truth? Like, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to choose to be a victim or how can you take responsibility what is it that you need to do? So I'd always lean, lean into the people that would support me. Um, so they're the things I do in the moment. And then I think now, because I've been I'm so well practiced in them, and, and I was committing to these every day, by the way. Um, when I was don't feel like I was like in a really good space, I'd commit to the breath work and the journaling, even when I'd wake up feeling good some days. I'd do it. And now it's more of like that's what my go-to if I'm feeling that way. Um, but it's also because I've spent the time following the blueprint of how to manage my money and the money's all working out and I have things going in where it needs to be. If ever I get those feelings, it's like, it's not necessarily because it's like, shit, we don't have enough right now. It would just be something old, some old stuff that's been triggered, that's been brought up or some deep seated stuff. And I have to bring myself to, okay, well, what's going on? Like, what's the plan is the plan in place do we need to increase money here do we need to change this up like do I need to get more organized in this area with how I manage my money Um, and it's things like that so I'm like making sure the structure you know is concreted in rather than just loosely Mm -hmm. and
0: I'm just trying to think of an analogy so yeah Yeah. so there's like something tangible you can hold on to and be like all right it's all in place yeah yeah yeah. I really like that about the way that you do things that there's the tangible and then the intangible spirituality and stuff. Cause yeah, I, I've actually been talking to some people lately and I've just been asking them, you know, the, I, there's a really good money question I got recently. It was like, if you, if money did exactly what you wanted it to, when you released it, what would you want it to do? Like, and like I was to, I was instantly like, I would want 10 times that to come back. And then I had an answer come up that was from someone else being like, it's unrealistic though. Like I need to work for it. I need to like all of that came up and I was, I was just curious like what your perspective on that is or how, how would you, I wonder if you could talk to someone like that about that yeah. that way. Cause I feel like maybe some partners would end up being that way, you know, like that's unrealistic. They haven't tapped into the spiritual world yet.
1: <laughs> and it's not, a, it's not even about like, yeah what's your meaning on spiritual world to me I used to be like I'm such a science person Mm -hmm. and I put science and spiritual on on each end of the spectrum but if you actually understand how the world works and how the universe works science and spirituality are the same fucking thing they are the same thing especially in the realm of physics physics literally studies the the energy of the world like that's where it comes down to excuse me so spirituality and science to me it's the same thing if you bring them together so you're not putting someone else you know making someone else right and wrong or judging yeah. and all that jazz. it's a great um, way to
0: put it and break that barrier yeah
1: yeah it is it's just like it, we think spirituality is like oh woo woo energy but <laughs> the fucking universe is made up of energy like mm-hmm. proven by science so when i when i realize that it's like oh my gosh open up a whole different way of thinking. But what, when it comes to, okay, this exact example of when I release money 10 times if it's going to come back and someone says that's unrealistic. Everyone has a set of beliefs, right? And this is what I love. I love to share, educate this. If you guys, if anyone's ever heard me talk before, I this is something is my go-to saying because it, it lays a foundation of understanding for you to raise your level of consciousness and awareness. So we're born into this world as babies as pure energy, light, innocent, perfect beat, perfect things, right? And I call that like we're born as a blank canvas. And then we, our most influential people, I'm just going to refer to them as our parents. Usually it's mum and dad. It depends who your parental figures were. Um, it could be a teacher could be like my dance teacher was very influential on in me, so I had more than just my mum and dad influencing me. Um, but let's just refer to it as mum and dad, right? So mum and dad or your parents, they bring you up. They're your biggest influencers. They teach you about the world. They teach you what's right and wrong, what's black and white, what's day and night, what's good and what's bad based on their beliefs that were painted on their canvas when they were born. So we're born as a blank canvas and we get our beliefs painted on us, right? And then events and circumstances happen, which will start to support certain beliefs that we've heard um, or learnt or we start to create assumptions from that. And those beliefs, and then when it comes to money, I'm being really generalised here with that, like as in a holistic life approach. But when it comes to money, what are our, our beliefs around money? Which is what dictates our behaviors around money come from where we learned them. Usually, our mum and dad, and it's whether we heard them talk about money, or how we saw them behave with money, or how we saw, and behavior as in how they managed it, and behavior with how their emotions, how they ran their emotions, or how their emotions ran them around money, and so we picked that up. And so then we go through life now and that in that first eight to nine years of our life, our these beliefs are getting hardwired into our brain, into our subconscious mind. And then everything going forward, as my uh, one of my old coaches would say, is just a well-rehearsed past. So our life now runs off these beliefs, what we believe is right or wrong, yes or no, black and white when it comes to money. And then we become adults and say we meet our partner. They've had a different their, their canvas, their painting on their canvas looks different to our painting, right, because their beliefs that they learned and the behaviours that they learnt are different. Some of them might look the same. Some of them might look completely different. And then when things happen like, oh, that seems unrealistic, they are speaking from the belief, like the canvas that's been painted, they're speaking from these beliefs of that's like they would have learned that That's stupid or that's silly or that's unrealistic. But to you, your beliefs can be completely the opposite around that's, if not so realistic, I probably should make it even bigger, like a bigger expectation coming back. So it's just based on what our beliefs are and they run the show. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I guess you could slowly paint onto their canvas and they can slowly paint on your canvas too. I kind of feel like that's what happens eventually in a relationship. (laughs) You start to open each other's minds to things.
1: Yeah. You open each other's minds um, and you can paint on each other's canvases. Uh, I look at it more like the only, actually, I was thinking about this like yesterday. I'm like, I want to, I want to layer on this analogy because I talk about painting on the canvas. Now, Yes, I remember it, right? I don't know if it works. Let me know if this works because I literally was just like a fleeting thought. Probably was a shower thought, you know, because we have those shower thoughts. We have our canvas painted, right? And we can work, we can paint over the canvas and put new beliefs there because that's the easy way. It's so easy to grab a paintbrush, dip it in the paint and paint over. But the only, but then you still have those underlying beliefs there. There's still the paint underneath. So there are going to be times where the old shit comes through. No matter what. And what I was thinking is, well, the only real way to repaint the canvas is you've got to get out the acetone or whatever the like methylated spirits. I don't know. <laughs> the, the paint remover, right? Mm. And you've got to put on you've got to put on the rag or the cloth and you gotta start rubbing. Now, rubbing that paint, rubbing those beliefs, and that paint's been dried there for like for me, 30 odd years. Sorry, 20 odd years. I'm only 32, 30, 20 odd years. Mm-hmm right? Um, So it's pretty dry paint. It's not just going to come off easy. So I've got to rub and rub and rub. And that's a lot harder work than just painting over. So to me, if you really want to change the way you you think about it, you've got to go do the hard work and you're going to go back and you're going to strip back the beliefs you have, work out what they are that are restricting you financially, and then strip them back. So we're taking the paint off the canvas so we can recode the mind paint the new once the canvas is as stripped as it can be and then paint on mm-hmm. I don't know if that analogy works no though. it really
0: works I'm very visual so that worked very well awesome <laughs> it's it's you know it's like reforming new neural pathways but in a beautiful you know. visual that you just gave us I love it I'm just gonna I just wanted to tie it back to that in case anyone needed the <laughs> tie back but
1: tie it back because I went on a bit of a tangent it, there
0: yeah yeah no it takes repetitive like actual hard work to rewire it instead of just painting over it yeah or it'll just keep going down that same neural pathway or that same stroke of paint you'll still keep thinking about over that that old belief that that's old, that yeah. old strip of paint yeah yeah so good I love your share of thoughts
1: <laughs> Shower thoughts are the best it's like we need a notepad and pen or something I need your, my phone in the room and be like hey Siri take down these notes okay. oh shit my my Siri just came on my phone's here oh no <laughs> Okay. Good. I was like, oh my God, it's going to make noise. Oh, okay. You didn't yell. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) Tangent. But I know what you're saying is like, when we go on this journey and our partners or people in our life have conflicting beliefs, so they want to challenge us. um, And it's just because they grew up, their canvas is painted different. That's all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And kind of like where I ended with that conversation was that, you know, we're all kind of before we work on our money mindset or whatever you're ending you're in a place where you don't know anything about money you're basically like people admit that right you're like I don't understand money most like anyone any anyone that's started adulting without any support is like I don't understand money we're all winging it here so it was like so potentially having this belief or this understanding about money as energetics is better than not having any understanding of money you know that yeah. was yeah. It's like even if it seems a little weird or like even if you're unsure about it, or wouldn't you want to just have something to guide you? I don't know, maybe
1: <laughs> such a it's it's just such a the thing I learned this, right? The minute you think you know everything, you know nothing. Yeah. I can share all of this stuff. And it's I I truly feel it makes there's a lot of sense to it. And I didn't make it up, but I, I made up my analogies, of course. Um <laughs> I'm sure they've been used elsewhere as well. Like I didn't know such things as a new idea. But we can learn all this stuff and we need to find out what what feels right to us. And at the end of the day, when it comes back down to money, it's what is the outcome that we want? How is it that we want? And how is it that we want? What? How do we want the money to look? Like physically, we, we want to know, well, most of us, when we think of money goals, we think pay off debt, X amount in savings or own X amount of things, like whatever it is physically. But what do they give us? We want them because it's going to bring us a certain feeling. So we've got to get really clear on what is the feeling that we want around money. And that's where we want to focus. And that's where the energetics come into it. But we still need to understand the physical, understand how money works physically, how to manage it, all of that side of things. But I guess my question to everyone listening is, what is the true desire and outcome that you want with money? How and like if you're not thinking emotion yet, like how do you want that to make you feel? Like how is it that you want to be feeling? And then that's what we've got to focus on and that's what we got to work out. Okay, do you have beliefs holding you back around that? What stories are you telling yourselves? How are you behaving? Like what's your manifestation? What's your embodiment right now? Is it matching the desired outcome? And that that's why I think the most important thing is with money, no matter how much you know about money or don't know. It's just getting really clear on what it is that you want.
0: Mm-hmm yeah and embody that and feel into that yeah i think that's the most challenging part but once you start to understand or like start to do it it starts to come
1: bit by yeah. bit <laughs> yeah one yeah. step at a time and if this if we could learn this overnight like we'd all be bloody millionaires like it's a journey and mm-hmm. it feels like such a big journey for people like me and i and i know like you where we we haven't come we haven't been born into massive wealth numerically or however you would describe it like well from what you've told me anyway we didn't be born we weren't born into like millionaire families and whatnot certainly not yeah (laughs) the journey feels a lot bigger because we're taking the responsibility now we're breaking the hand-me-downs painted the hand-me-downs we're like we're getting that methylated spirits out we are rubbing. we're like scrubbing with the fucking toothbrush on that canvas like we're getting every little ounce or bit off that canvas um, and so we don't pass it down. So it feels like a huge journey for us because we're rewriting. We're literally rewriting the generational path. Yeah. It sounds really cool when you say it like that, though.
0: That sounds really cool. And like, I don't know why I was just thinking like, and over the years of your life, millions of dollars have passed through you. You've experienced those millions of dollars just in bits. Yeah. Just <laughs> so, in yeah. Interesting. It's a weird thought. Okay. Well, so are there like any like more specific misconceptions about money that come up for you, for your clients that maybe you want to share that we can educate clients on?
1: Well, there's so many different things.
0: Maybe just one more (laughs) or maybe something practical people can do as well, but like a technique to shift their money mindset, maybe they can do today.
1: Okay. I've got something and this is something I get asked a lot. Like because a lot of the people I talk to are women in business, uh, especially like small business owners or people, women just getting started in business and women in there, like between the age of 25 to 40 in that range. Cause you know, we're like, right, let's, let's do something. Let's create something. Let's be our own boss. And I get asked like, what's the biggest challenge that you're confronted with? And it's, and I think, I think you can agree here. We've all been there is we feel like we're, we're battling this feeling of can i actually do this am i actually worthy of this or or it's just easier to play small and so i think the the concept is around our self worth now i used to always think like i've got to i've got to build my self worth i have got to build my self worth and then i started to learn that like we're born worthy we're born 100% worthy it's when we start to then what happens is we get those beliefs as a kid, right? The, our beliefs develop. And then we hit the point in our 20s or 30s or 40s, like actually whenever it is, but these are the people that I talk to the most, when we're in that phase of, right, I want to achieve something now. I'm sick of my day job or I'm sick of the groundhog day. I want to start my own business or I want to go after my dreams. And we make—we have this idea, we make the decision and we get the ball rolling. And then it starts to feel really hard. And then all of the things start to pop up. And then it, and it is, it's our mindset. And what it is, is those beliefs that we got as a child has now become limiting. And then we believe we're not worthy. We're not, we believe we're not worthy of having this, this next layer in life. Um, and it feels like such a stretch. And it feels like we, we have to really push to get there. So then we think we're, we're not worthy. And it's about, understanding that we're worthy now and getting really clear on, okay, well, what are the things that I'm telling myself? Like where, where, where has this come from? Where has this feeling of not worthiness come from? And I guess where I was going with that is what, what you can go do right now, like practical things right now is like whip out the journal if you need to, or it's just easier to write it down and just get really clear on where do you feel like you're not good enough? Or where did you start believing that you weren't good enough? You weren't worthy go go work out like let's go find that belief and that that um, experience and that memory and let's clear it out is it the real truth is that what's going on so um uh, I guess well I wanted to go with that I just feel like I got like 10 things coming to my brain like like, can say this 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 and this and this um where was I going where was I going with that
0: how do we reframe it so we have the the old memory or the old yeah. where it started
1: yeah but i'm trying to like i could just go deep like i like to go deep quick and i'm like fuck, this isn't something you can just go deep straight away well you can but if you haven't done the work before it could be quite like confronting yeah um, but yeah the first steps is right now is like where are you telling yourself that you're not worthy like and rate yourself like like give you do the little audit of if you feel if we if you feel one hundred percent worthy of everything you desire, that's a ten out of ten, and zero out of ten is like you're you feel like a complete hopeless wreck that you're not worthy of anything. Where would you rate yourself in how worthy you are of of what does what it is you want to create, and work out what the gap is, and then honestly, the next step would be if you can't bridge that gap yourself because you know your mindset's getting in the way. Who do you need to go and align yourself with to help you on that? That's the like that's the ne- that's gonna fast track everything for you. Like, who's the coach that you need? What's the program that you need? Who do you need to surround yourself with? Who do you need to stop surrounding yourself with, or stop following? Like, there's there's just layers and layers to all the little things that you can go do. Yeah, but that, that's one of the biggest concepts that comes up is women not feeling like they're worthy enough. Um, and this is me, like, don't, <laughs> this has been a bloody journey. Um, and then, what is it that I need to go do? To realize that, like, to lay a strong foundation, like, when I think foundation, I'm like, but you know, the pour the concrete slab when you're building the house. So, we want to that you're pouring your concrete slab of worthiness. So, we got to lay, like, what do you need to go do now to go lay that foundation? And I think the question is, like, I can't tell you the one thing to go do because everyone's different. So, you've got to ask yourself. And if you're like, I don't know the answer, who is going to help me get there mm-hmm. and go find them? And when you start to put that out to the universe, you'll attract in like the the perfect coach will pop up on your Instagram, right? Or a friend will recommend someone. Like you'll you'll bring them into your life, and then they will have the systems and the methods and the protocols for you to go follow, and make the changes. Yeah. So when you do this,
0: what do you think about that you're worthy for? Is there like anything specific that you reach for, or are you just
1: I think it's when I come up with a next goal or something I'd like to achieve and mm-hmm. if I feel the feelings of, I, like, I get I have to get really conscious of what thoughts I'm having, like, no, Kim, don't be silly or is that out of reach or no, that's, like, that's going to be so far away and then I have to catch myself and be like, okay, uh, why do I feel like I can't have that now? And let's go. And it is, it's like a constant reminder of I am worthy and it can be really fucking uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's yeah.
0: Awesome. That's sorry, a good sorry. point If I'm not worthy of it now as well is also kind of just putting it in just the box of like, I'm not worthy. That's it.
1: <laughs> Interesting.
0: So don't.
1: And just get really clear. Like your ego victim part of your brain wants to keep you in there. Well, this happened to me and I'm not good enough. They're lucky. I'm not. You've just, do you know what it is? Here we go. I don't know why I didn't say this before. <laughs> take, Ultra, i and mean a man we've talked about this so many times it's how can I take 100 percent ultimate responsibility of everything I want to gain in my life right now so how can I take responsibility of this I'm I'm responsible for my own feelings of worthiness so what does, what, do, what do I need to go do what does that look like and straight away you're going to be like oh my God Kim like get over yourself you are worthy like you you start to have the mindset shifts you've just got to go there daily till it becomes permanent.
0: Yeah, that's a big one too, because that's kind of like coaching yourself. You snap yourself out of it, and then you go. Because like sometimes I speak to a coach, and I'm like, and they tell me exactly what I need, just the harsh truth. And you're like, I freaking knew, knew that, but I couldn't snap myself out of it. So that one saying that you got there, yeah, that kind of helps you snap out of it a lot
1: better. It does. And if I say, if someone says to me, "Okay, you're just not being responsible," like if I go to fight, like you can't, you can't even fight it because it's so true, like it's just the ultimate truth. Like, um, are you going to take responsibility right now? Or are you just going to blame someone else? No one wants to admit they're going to blame someone else.
0: Mm -hmm. And sometimes Um, you don't even know you're blaming someone else or something outside of you. You just think you're just reacting in an old way that you don't realize is happening. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And if, and maybe if you do, you are happy to stick in that shame and blame and justifying, you you're not you wouldn't even be thinking like I'm not worthy and whatnot you just go back into the hole that you want to hide in and go back to blaming them. you know like you probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast anyway yeah you wouldn't want to be like oh, where you, you,
0: you are. are you're not gonna yeah you're not gonna want to change that's fine yeah. <laughs> that's right so uh, were there any like specific steps you took at the beginning of your journey like with you and Daniel going through it was there anything specific? Obviously, you learn the blueprint. You you found a coach. Is there anything we can talk about there? Um,
1: what was the first thing? Well, it depends when the first thing was because the first thing was investing in the course that kept showing up when I was like, can't afford it. No, 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 and then doing that. Um, but one thing I can tell you, you what you can go do. Oh, this is where I was going with something before, and I just obviously whatever comes through comes through. But you can when it comes to money it's all about appreciating you and growing your worth, right? You are your biggest asset. You are the most valuable person in your life, not your children, not your mom and dad, not your husband, you. So when it comes to money, we pay, we get paid and then we pay out, whether we're paying bills, paying our savings, paying for travel, paying for this, this and this, right? The first thing, like if you're appreciating yourself and you want to, value yourself the most and you are your biggest asset. Money flows to where it's appreciated most. It's a quote from one of my coaches. Money flows to where it's appreciated most. So where do you need to put your money first? Into your biggest asset. What is your biggest asset? You. So pay yourself first. Mm -hmm. When you receive your income, when you receive money before you do any other paying or transferring, pay yourself first. And this looks like Putting into a self, I call it a self worth account. This is like a long term savings, um, and also if you want to pay yourself to spend on something luxurious, like you might, you might only have the financial capacity to take yourself out for a wine. You might be able to buy yourself a new pair of clothes or get your hair done or whatever makes you feel good. But pay, but before you do that, pay pay yourself first into your savings, your self worth account. The best thing you can go do as of like finish listening to this episode, and the next time money lands, pay comes through, you transfer a percentage into your savings account. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's huge. If someone's already been paid, can they go do this with their old pay, or you just suggest doing it on the pay? Yeah,
1: like, if you have, like, if you've got some money sitting there in your, say, you keep all your money in one account and you're like, oh, they're like, oh, I'll save it for the weekend or whatever, work out a percentage of it. I always encourage working in percentages, not fixed amounts. Work, work out a percentage of it you might have 50 bucks sitting there right now right and you want it for the weekend and what if you can you can you put ten percent of that which would be five dollars into your savings account if that makes you too emotional drop it down to five percent which would be two dollars fifty I think
0: mm. yeah and then everyone thinks that's ridiculous but it still freaking works. <laughs>
1: it works it's it's, yeah. the, it's the fundamental of doing it not the amount, but the aim of the game is you don't go then go and dip and take it out. So you don't want to put too much in that you're going to feel like you're going to dip, but you want to, but you can do it right now. If you've got money sitting there, that's just like, and there's so, you know, the steps, there's so many layers to, It's not so many layers, there's a set of steps and processes to set up your money management with my blueprint. So then you will always have everything, every cent allocated no matter what. But if right now you've got money in your account, and you would love to save some, but you're kind of like just keeping it there, just go do it. Make yourself more important than anything else you have on until your next payday. Mm
0: -hmm. So, and if someone does this and then they have to dip into their savings, what would you say to them? Because
1: they're probably going to feel like shit after that. (laughs) Well, don't do it if you're going to dip into your savings. Put a lesser amount. I don't care if it's $1. I don't care if it's 50 fucking cents right now. I don't care if it's the cents that is maybe you've got like, X amount of dollars and 28 cents. I don't care if it's just the 28 cents. Um, don't do it where you're going to dip in. But then this is where, this is one little thing you can do, but it's not a strong foundation. Go learn, well, I would say go learn my signature, my new blueprint, and go learn how to properly manage your entire income so everything's allocated and you have enough for all the things. Mm -hmm. that's that's the next that's really what ultimately what you want to do so then you'll never like i've never had to dip into our savings but it's there if we ever need it like the idea is if you lose income it's there but never have needed to do it
0: Hmm. amazing yeah and i feel like people can look into their own lives there's usually evidence of the fact that they're doing the same thing but they just don't realize it that they're not dipping into their savings or that money comes in when they needed to and they didn't realize that that just keeps happening I thought that was a big thing in mind yeah. um so money's kind of always there to keep you safe
1: yes <laughs> it, is. it is yeah
0: yeah just trusting that I guess um amazing oh okay so I wanted to cover this because you were you're so out there right now with your like marketing and putting yourself out there and I just wanted to know what has changed or like this little this is kind of a different topic um you've maybe gone through your own little transformation in the last few months you've been doing it obviously before you always put yourself out there and you're always like everywhere but you're just on every podcast every live everything (laughs) and I know that takes a lot of like courage and bravery and stuff so I wanted to just ask what you think has has been happening with you
1: well I only have really been loud about my money coaching since October last year. So that's when my program launched. I did like a soft launch of a a tester program a year before, but then I had a baby and I was like retreated a bit, you know, had to keep some a little human alive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I was trying to get back out. So I feel like I've only been out with my business, with this part of my business, Well, it's only been like four or five months, October, November, December, January, February, six, six months, right? And it just... I don't, I'm just, my vision is bigger than my bullshit. My vision is bigger than my bullshit. I know what it is I want to create. So I just make it happen. I don't feel like anything's like clicked. I have been, I did join a new coaching program, a new mastermind. I did that in December um, and just surrounding myself. It's just, you know, the people you surround yourself with. I've just been surrounding myself with more high vibrational powerhouse women and, I think when I just decided, I'm like, how can I make the most impact? I just need to get myself out there. So I literally just reached, been reaching out to people and be like, hey, do you want me to come onto your platform and add a shit ton of value for free to your listeners, to your people, Um, and hopefully it adds value so they'll start seeing you, your stuff more, and they'll want to invest in you. I'm just here to be of service. So it's, I think it's the mindset of I'm here to be of service. So the more that I can be of service and to help other people the more I give, eventually it will come back to me in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. I've just been doing that. I've just been like, how, at least once a day, how can I, how can I add value to someone else's business?
0: I love that. You, you, you're doing a great job. And yeah, I saw that shift right when you joined the mastermind that I was also in, which is funny. That's not how we met, but that's how I met everyone else. (laughs) But yeah, um, it's a really good answer. And yeah, you're doing great. Yeah. <laughs> I guess then. Okay, so I want to keep talking because I, you know, I just love digging into this. Um uh, maybe one last question before I ask the question. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. the, what's your perspective on the feeling of the money is the money gonna run out? Even at like even at like a larger scale people feel that. There are like millionaires that live in lack as well, I feel like.
1: Yeah, there is. <laughs> Right, and then the millionaires that live in lack that they're not enjoying, so they they don't end up having the best life because they're constantly pushing and burning and whatnot. Yeah. It all comes down to feeling, right? But, yeah, there's a lack mentality and there's an abundance mentality. Or one of my coaches, the way she talks about it is uh, survival consciousness and thriving consciousness. And it's a choice to be in, but if we are choosing without realising the survival consciousness, which is, is never enough, there's money coming in, but just, I don't know, it's that worry, it's that fight or flight, you have to learn how to go and get into thriving consciousness, which is trusting no matter what. And we're, we're born, we're like any other animal out there, maybe not like house pets because they take on human bullshit anyway, so let's think about like animals in the wild maybe. <laughs> They're always trusting. They're always trusting. And then their fight, fight or flight response will kick in to get them out of danger, and then they go back to trusting. See, we live in such a world and we have such a consciousness that of what's going on, and we've been so conditioned about how we, much we need money, and then we, um, society makes us get into, like, scarcity. There's always fear being populated around, like, put the news on, fucking fear injecting straight away, right? I never watch the news. I don't care how fucking naive I am and ignorant to the world. When there's big news that I need to know, I need to know. But otherwise I'm not going to just absorb the, like I'm going way on a tangent, but you get my drift. But when us humans have have the consciousness to, to know what's going on and then we can get, in a way, get stuck, and based on our conditioning and the beliefs we have, get stuck in this survival. So no matter how much we have, and like I said, when my business went from uh, went from it went from like four and a half grand to seven grand a month in one month, which was huge, huge for me. It might not even seem like a lot for people, but at the time, huge. I was still in survival consciousness. It was never enough, no matter what. My nervous system was fucking erratic. Like it was shit. I had to learn what does it look like to be in a, a thriving consciousness. And how do I practice that? And the biggest thing it comes down to is trusting. Trusting that there's always enough no matter what. Being in a space of like choosing gratitude and looking around you and seeing all the things you do have. And I know it can be hard because we're humans and we want what we – we want the things we don't have. And once we get them, it's like, well, let's get the next thing now. Let's get the next thing. Um, So it's about, yeah, raising that consciousness, becoming like allow it to be thriving practicing trust no matter what practicing trust and being grateful no matter what um and like as I said you've got to go to the trust gym you gotta to go to the gym every day and practice your trust until it becomes until you become fitter and stronger you know until you've hit your pb and you need to now increase mm-hmm. your pb on trusting so that's that's I feel like I've got so much to say about that but I hope that helps <laughs>
0: no that does help it's an awesome way to put it um and yeah and the analogy with the animals I was actually looking at my dog the other day he was like jumping into the ocean and he's actually afraid of the ocean but he would just do it for his ball and I was like oh he just has so much trust and he just like figures it out later <laughs> and yeah yeah and there's so much there's so much evidence in people's lives probably where you do that you you leap before you think there's a lot of circumstances like in your driving you do that you probably turn before well you're obviously thinking but you just there's a lot of evidence in your own life that you could probably look at and then yeah you're right when we come when it comes to money we end up just think overthinking not stepping and just always jumping into the fear before yeah
1: it just takes practice abundance mentality takes if you are not there and you're not 100 satisfied with everything that you have especially financially you you got to go practice Mm-hmm. And then you got to practice it because the only way you are ever going to get more is by being grateful for what you already have. It's a universal yeah. law of handling what you have. The more you learn to handle what you have, the more you shall receive. Or the universe will only ever give you what you can handle. So if you're handling your emotions from a survival fly- fight or flight, why would you get given more? Because you wouldn't be able to handle the next lot of money. That's why people win lotto and end up more broke. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can't actually handle it. Um, so that's what you got to go do, go learn. What is a thriving consciousness? How can I stay and be in that? And when times get tough, that's where it's like, I've got to embody, I've got to trust. It's fucking hard. It is so much easier to freak the fuck out and or drown my sorrows. Like amount of times that I've been stressed and I've just drunk wine to calm my nervous system. (laughs) Quick fix, but not a sustainable fix. It does not help long term. It gives you more anxiety later. (laughs) you wake up feeling even more shit you know like it's a vicious cycle but it comes down to a choice and a decision like when is enough going to be enough and when are you going to practice the trust and not seeing what you already have and and like having faith that things are going to work out and you got and it is going in the way you want and then obviously doing the things you need to do if you're a business owner go put yourself out there Go do the marketing. Go do the selling. Go do what it is you got to do. But your foundation, that concrete slab, that's like full of trust. It's like trust concrete.
0: Mm Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like trusting other people, but more so trusting yourself, I suppose.
1: Trusting yourself. It's trusting yourself. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Not just trusting other people. Yeah, you're right. I love it. Okay. Well, all
1: right. So I love to ask
0: this question to everyone at the end of an episode. You've kind of already probably answered this but maybe you have one more so it's like what what's one piece of advice or inspiration you'd like to leave the listeners with um to like help them on their journey or continue on their journey of transformation growth all that with this topic i suppose
1: um well what first thing that comes to mind with this is everything that you truly desire is only one decision away it's like all you have to do is decide and when you decide then don't you decide and then you're like, right, what is it that I need to go do now to support this decision? That's all. Like just make the decision. Draw the line in the concrete. Not the sand because you can smudge sand. <laughs> That's my, my piece of advice. It's If it is to be, it's up to me, right? Perfect saying. If it is to be, it's up to me. It's
0: amazing. Yeah. You have if the you, best sayings. Where do you get these from?
1: <laughs> years of personal development and being in online business and mm. listening to mentors and coaches and speakers. So, yeah and Mm. it's like drained in my head because I hear them all the time
0: yeah sounds like quality quality people that you've worked with amazing thank you that's awesome advice and awesome so where can people find you on the internet and are you doing anything in the upcoming months where people can work with you and join
1: well I have an incredible website that a very special amazing someone named Amanda (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for me um so I'm sure that website can be in the show notes and on my sexy landing page that's about to be um finalized that you're making and yeah. guys if you need a website or any design work done like Amanda is your girl by the way like huge raving fan of you like I tell everyone um you can find me you can find me like I've got the website but look go to my Instagram I hang out there a lot um, you can slide in, you can slide into my DMs and you can chat and you can ask me anything. Um, the link in my bio, there's a space. I open up a few spaces every month for free strategy calls where you can grab some of my time for free. We can deep dive into where you're at and I can give you your first steps. Um, they do fill every month, but um, it's only the start of the month now. Well, I don't know when this is going to actually get out, but we'll go and see and you can go see if there's anything still available. So you can grab, you can do a little taste test and have a chat with me um and otherwise you can join my program wealthy as fuck which is amazing and slide into my dms for that or wait for the link to come up or it will be i'm sure amanda will put the link in yes um, yeah and what else have i got um i've got a cool little lead magnet i think that's what you call it coming out soon um which will be a little um strategy session recording that you'll be able to it's a, how to increase your cash flow straight away like within minutes. So that's going to come out soon. So you just stay tuned following my Instagram. Mm, Let's juicy. Yeah. All right. Once that once that comes out, I can put that
0: in the show notes too if you want. Sure. (laughs) I'll love it. it. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here and sharing so much. It's going to bring so much value to everyone. And I just love spending this time with you and putting like another layer to our whole business, friendship, everything kind of relationship that we have. And
1: yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me, and I love what you're doing with this podcast. It's it's very transformational. Mm, thank you. <laughs> Appreciate
0: you. I will see you later. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you see ya. Bye.
0: Thank you so much for being here. I'm so freaking grateful to have shared the space with you today. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, I would absolutely love it if you joined me on Instagram. I'd love to connect in the DMs and chat all things transformation. Hear some of your stories, your journey. It would be so, so cool. It would also mean the world to me if you did just click the little follow bell on Spotify or head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a quick review. With your help, we can help more people feel the incredible depths of transformation through stories and teachings shared here. And, you know, please remember, you can do anything you hear here too. It is not for just other people to do. You can do it too. Thank you so much, gorgeous soul. See you on the next episode.